1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wait, 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 we're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets.
0: Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode one eight seven. It's a one eight seven on an undercover car.
1: Yeah, I was I was gonna do it, but then I was like, no, I don't know. I don't want some I mean, of these some me. of these people coming after me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but these young kids don't even know where that's from. That one went right over their heads. Uh, no one's gonna come at us. Yeah. Keith McPherson, Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn on a Thursday after the whole world watched the Brooklyn Nets take on the 76ers down in Philadelphia
1: uh how are you guys doing today robin how are you i'm I, you know look i i saw somebody in the chat write uh, last night's game sucked jared williams i i disagree i i felt good coming out of that game i mean i i feel like we've learned enough as we said on the the previous episode that the, the nets are not last year's team that they're gonna show fight that, that they're going to hang in there. You, you saw continued development from Nick Claxton, who went head-to-head with, with Joel Embiid, and Kevin Durant wasn't playing, right? So you, you feel as if, if Kevin Durant was there. In a playoff series, I like the Nets' chances uh, against the Sixers. One, because obviously, like I just said, they'd have KD. And two, because I feel like some of the fraudulent style that Philly employs is not always transferable to the postseason
2: yeah they feel fraudulent and quite honestly we've done a lot of talk on this podcast about players we don't like we've talked a lot about Giannis uh in particular uh we've talked about a certain sixer uh PJ Tucker about how much we don't like him I I can't stand Joel Embiid (laughs) I can't stand him I I actually like from like an off the court like personality thing I don't really have that much of a problem with Giannis and he's kind of corny sometimes but like when you look at like those two players next to each other and not liking their off the court antics. which is a comparison. A lot of people make, I see on Twitter. I, I just can't stand Joel Embiid. I-, I really can't stand his vibe. I can't stand how goofy he is. I can't stand his c- level of corniness, but like taking himself too seriously, it's, it's too much for me. It's too much for me. And, uh, uh, Claxton owns him. So, that's all right. <laughs> Wait, I,
1: I don't have a problem with Joel Embiid's personality, or or, or even the you know the D X chop as as someone who grew up in the heyday of you know, let's get ready to you know the, the rest of it. But um, as far as his on court play, he might be my least favorite player to watch. When you're factoring in his status in the league, it's disgusting at times. He he's the the biggest flopper I've ever seen for a big man. He may be the biggest flopper in the league. Period. When you're talking about every time falling on the ground or flailing his arms, you're supposed to be the big, strong, modern day kind of Shaq player, but he, he doesn't play like that at all. And it, it's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, I, I don't trust him as much in, in big spots because one, somebody's got to get him the ball. Two, you're not going to get those bailout calls all the time. And three, he's generally a little bit worn down by the, the postseason. But that's why, you know, I've called them the Philadelphia free throws, I've called him and Harden the free throw bros. Where Credit where it's due, Harden hit a couple big shots in that game. Those threes were probably the difference. But when you combine Embiid and Harden, I I don't know if there is a a duo that is less aesthetically pleasing when it comes to their style of play.
0: Flopper, flopper, Embiid's a flopper, 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 Harden, flopper. As soon as the game started, I'm like, yo, they're fucking a game up. (laughs) How many whistles right away? And, you know... (laughs) that game took a long time. I said on the radio last night, I'm like, people always talk about the pace of play in baseball. That took as long as a baseball game because right away, these guys are trying to, you know, fall all over the place, draw flat fouls. I'm sure you guys saw uh, Harden shoot that three with Steph on him and try and like kick out and fall. And it's just so corny, but you put those two together. It's it's super floppers, the super flop bros. Anyway, uh, there's so much to talk about today. And, um, It's January 26th. It's crazy to think that three years ago we lost Kobe Bryant and not just Kobe Bryant. Obviously, Gianna Bryant, John Altobelli, Carrie Altobelli, Alyssa Altobelli, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, Christina Moser, and Ara Zobanyan. And Kyrie put that out today on his Twitter. Um, I appreciate him kind of like, you know, including everyone that was on that helicopter. Uh, I was just talking to, you know, Hudson and Robin about an episode we did. If you go way back to our YouTube, um, we didn't even know how to handle it. You know, if you're an NBA fan, if you're a basketball guy, if, like I was always a Kobe fan. It was a rough day. Uh, it's still rough to think about, but uh, rest in peace to all of them. And, um, you know, Kyrie obviously spoke on it last night in the NBA world. Uh, is remembering Kobe and not even just the NBA world, all of the sports world. Um, last time we recorded, we were supposed to be getting an update on Kevin Durant's knee. The update is, there is no update. He's progressing, and in two weeks, we'll get another update. Um, he came out and said that he wished he could play tomorrow. And he also cited you know, going back to Golden State, his former team. He missed that opportunity. LeBron is coming to town. He's going to miss an opportunity to play against LeBron, but we expect him to come back and play in the All-Star game. And uh, speaking of the All-Star game, AD and Eddie gave the NBA the formula for what to do in this All-Star game on the Etcetera's podcast uh, back in February of 2022. They had the conversation about how the NBA should go about, like, choosing the captains or you know choosing the teams and now we've learned that the uh, NBA will pick the teams or have the captains pick the teams right before the game do you guys care about this you guys think I think it's better I'll start I think it's better because it's like when you're you know when you're a kid and you're playing street basketball it's like all right I got him all right I got him all right we'll take this dude over there in the blue shirts uh blue shorts all right you over there in the you know in the white tee come play so, I think it's like it's it adds a level to it. I thought it was cool that they had the little show, but like, what's the show really doing for us? I think going into that game with the suspense of like, we don't know what the teams are, and then they pick them and we can kind of react on Twitter and uh watch the you know process live, I think that's going to be cool
1: yeah I mean, it's not a bad idea. whatever they can do to to continue to enhance the interest. I think you you look at um, the TV ratings tricks too. they're probably trying to extend the audience. How long can we keep the audience through from that point in time through the, the game? I love the NBA All- star game. always have, always will. the the show Steph put on last year, you know, was incredible. Any little thing they can do it to, to enhance the drama. Is good and, and and you're right. The the pre-produced for TV segment was nice, but this will have probably more of an organic kind of energy because it will be happening live and right before tip.
2: Yeah, and and obviously there's a certain like jokingness to Kevin Durant and Eddie's comments about like oh they took this idea from us. I I, I don't obviously I, I would like there to be attribution if that's actually what happened, but I hope they do. I hope the NBA does take more ideas from the players, especially for something like the All-Star Game, All-Star Weekend, which is supposed to be a real celebration of the players, right? And so for me, I think the more that they can let the players like have a weekend where they can really be celebrated, really be honored and really go out and show themselves and have fun, the better. I think you've seen over the last couple of years, All-Star Games across sports become a lot less interesting. People have talked about the dunk contest becoming less interesting. Um, the NFL is switching up their Pro Bowl model. There's a lot of, uh, of talk about that. And I think it's good that the NBA always seems to be on the cutting edge of uh, letting the players lead uh, in that manner and keeping things more interesting.
0: Yeah. And now, I mean, we might as well get right back into talking about this game. That's all this podcast is going to be about. And one game had so many storylines and themes and different things. And I feel like everybody was talking about that game last night. It was on ESPN. I actually listened to the ESPN broadcast and listened to uh, Doris Burke called call the game. I just I don't know. It was it was on the TV and I just never switched to. Yes, probably should have switched switched at some point because I'm always superstitious about like listening to our crew. Uh, Maybe I should have switched at halftime. Maybe we would have won. But it was a closer game than expected. Shout out to the Brooklyn Brigade. My guys, the Familia. Let's see if I can pull up uh, something from uh, my shared screen. So. No, I don't think I can. Um, The Brooklyn Brigade are the reason why you hear Brooklyn down there in Philadelphia. I think they've made two or three trips down to Philadelphia uh, with the BK Block Brooklyn Brigade people, um, which are the Nets super fans in section one. Uh, You may have seen me in the section. I don't get to as many games as I used to, but shout out to the gang they're down there and they're representing us and they're not letting these goofy fans just have their way booing ben simmons and f ben simmons they're there fighting some of that and it's good to have them there we've heard kd acknowledge them um shout out to the brooklyn brigade i was in a chat with the brooklyn brigade someone got my phone number off facebook and i literally texted the guy i was like where'd you get this number from and he's like your facebook and i'm like i don't even go on facebook anymore i'm not thinking about that so for the first time in a long time, I logged into Facebook and I took my number off and then I saw I had all these messages. And I'm the type of person like when I have all of this like notification clutter, it like freaks me out. I try and clear it. So I go into the Brooklyn Brigade chat and I leave the group because the chat is about like exchanging tickets. And I'm like, well, I don't really need tickets anymore. I've only been to three games this year and I'm credentialed now. And uh, shout out to I think um, MIG sent the, into another group chat we have a screenshot, they were like, why'd Keith leave? Does Keith hate us? Something like that. I'm like, nah, not at all. I just like don't need to be in a chat about like, hey, who's got a ticket for the Pistons game tonight, who's got a ticket for the Knicks game tonight, um, but back to the Philadelphia game. I'm glad they were there. The Nets faced the Sixers in Philly, and obviously there's the James Harden element. Obviously there's the Ben Simmons element. Seth Curry going back there facing off against Doc Rivers, his father-in-law uh joel Embiid, troll Embiid, and i don't know it just makes for a good rivalry and the nba has labeled this week as rivalry week philadelphia is hot right now the sixers have won six in a row i believe They went out out west and uh they won all those games they're healthy and i don't know what else to say about them besides the fact that they're rolling And for the, you know, Nets to have knocked them off last night, it would have been big. The fact that it was even tied, what was it, 101, 102 or something like that? No, 120, 120 uh, at one point. The fact that it was even tied at that point has to make you feel better about the Nets, right? When this uh, West Coast trip that we just took started, everybody was saying it's the same thing. It's deja vu. Same old Nets, right? KD goes down. These guys are going to lose 11 in a row again. But they were telling us it's different. It's not the same. It's different. It's not the same. And then they showed it by beating Utah. They showed it by beating the Warriors. And they showed it last night by going toe-to-toe with a fully healthy team that may have the MVP in Joel Embiid and may you know, and does have uh, a former MVP in James Harden, um, has a championship coach, and may have a team that can contend for a championship this year. We did all of that without the best player in the world, the best player on our team kevin durant and before i pass it to you guys alex can you pull up the quote from montrez harrell this guy decided to poke the bear last night stupid uh he said i don't know nothing about that when asked about nick claxton i don't know nothing about that brother you're talking about a guy who steps up at the same time Kyrie is the head of the snake if kevin durant was there it would be those two. It's good that he's playing well and stuff like that. Cool. But he's not the focal point of our defense. He's not. He's not who we're trying to take away. We know the head of the engine is through Kyrie and everything we've been doing since KD's been out and everything he's been doing, uh, they've been doing since KD's been out has been through Kyrie. So kudos to him. But at the same time, brother, that's not the focus of my lock-in. I'm just going to come out and make sure Kyrie isn't going downhill. Make sure he isn't creating for his guys, and make sure he isn't because a whole. Make sure he isn't cause a whole lot of that. That's written wrong. Sorry for the podcast listener. Make sure he isn't causing a whole lot of havoc in order to get Claxton open. Happy birthday, Trez. Uh, this guy is a non-factor. I don't know why he did all that talking, but he poked the bear last night, and Nick Claxton. Had himself a game on the national stage that everybody saw. Trez played 12 minutes, had four points. Robin Lumberg, go for it.
1: Well, well, Nick Claxton's job is not to be the guy who's creating the offense. That, that's never going to be his job. You know, there, there's never going to be a part point of his career where that's what you're relying on. Because if you're relying on that from him, you're in trouble. But what Nick Claxton has done has is emphasize all of his strong suits. You know, his ability to clean up around the rim, his finishing around the rim from a multitude of different angles, his speed for a guy of his size cutting down the lane, you know, his uh speed on the, the defensive end being able to switch one through five because the Nets play a switching style, his strength at the rim, including sending Joel Embiid away at the rim. And, and I think right now the, the biggest story from last night's game to me, and maybe sneaky enough, the biggest story of the next season is the emergence of Nick Claxton making whatever we want to call what's going on with Ben Simmons less of a problem. You know, Ben Simmons at this level without Nick Claxton at the level he's at is a glaring fire alarm problem because of his salary and because of what we thought he was going to be relied upon to do. Well, Claxton all of a sudden comes in at a much lesser salary, but is producing like a max player. You know, Claxton is playing like a max salary player to sort of make up for Ben Simmons and is taking some of the heat off Ben and some of the pressure off of what Ben needs to be and has allowed Ben to sort of be a role player or whatever we want to call this current version of him. Now, we're going to need more. The Nets are going to need more from Ben Simmons going forward. That's clear. It's so strange to watch the way he played in the first half versus the way he's played in the second half We've addressed the, you know the the myriad of issues going on with Ben Simmons. and eventually the contract stuff will have to get worked out because a lot of money's going to Ben Simmons, a lot of money's going to Joe Harris, so on and so forth. But when we're talking about the team this season, the team this season, I, everybody says trade Ben Simmons. It's a lot easier said than done because I think you have to attach value to move Ben Simmons. I don't think you could just trade him. I think the most likely trade pieces are Harris and and Curry and and salaries like that and Seth played really well in that game by the way but what Claxton has done is make this a legitimate team without Ben Simmons needing to be an all-star and buy Ben Simmons time to find whatever he's going to be come playoff time
2: Yeah, and I mean, think about how thrilled we would be if the roles were reversed. Uh, I'm looking at Clax's stats over the last seven games, and, and we did that's how long KD's been out. And we did a lot of talking about how we thought Ben Simmons was going to use this opportunity where he wasn't as tertiary to really step up into a, a larger role, particularly shooting more. Uh, and obviously he hasn't. He's putting up six points and eight assists, which is, I guess, fine, not for a max player, but I don't really know what to expect out of Ben Simmons. But Nick Claxton is just put up his fourth 20 plus point game in a row, his second game of 24 plus points. And over that same stretch, he's putting up 18 and 10. And if we had those numbers from Ben Simmons, people would be thrilled. People would be over the moon. And I think that really shows exactly what you have uh, in, in Nick Claxton. You have a player that is playing at a level that his contract does not justify in a positive direction, unlike Ben Simmons who's playing at a level that his contract is not justified in a negative direction. And I think that's, that's part of what's so exciting. The other part, quite honestly, is it's just really fun to watch him play. And I know we're going to talk about this a little later with the, the KD stuff, but to watch KD enjoy watching him play and tweeting about him and the clear camaraderie and energy he brings. That's really exciting too, because we've seen a lot of these nets teams over the past couple years where, yeah, you've had some individually great players, James Harden, who have not really meshed with the team, who haven't really gelled with the team, who haven't really gelled with the culture. Nick Claxton now in his fourth year with the Nets, a guy that we drafted, a guy that we have brought through this system who has been here for the entire KD Kyrie era, is is finally showing that growth that is, is really just very exciting. And I think if you are looking at the Nets as a team that is expected to go deep in the playoffs, you need that level of camaraderie within the team. And Nick Claxton, as theoretically the fourth star, even though he's made it very clear that he is the Nets third star is, is showing that the Nets have an opportunity to do that. And if there's any reason other than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that I'm looking at the Nets and I'm saying, this is a team that can go deep in the playoffs. It's Nick Claxton.
0: All right. So let's spend a minute on Nick and, and Ben or a couple minute minutes, more Alex uh, throw up the um, clacks and MB like stats that yes. Network put up last night. I mean, Embiid might be the MVP, and when they put up this key matchup, this guy went toe-to-toe with Embiid last night on a national stage for the world to see. Clax is here. Like, he's not a secret. Celtics fans, or not Celtics fans, I'm going off this chat because they're talking about the dumbass Celtics in the chat. <laughs> Sixers fans were putting respect on Claxton after Trez poked the bear. Maybe they didn't see him. Maybe they've seen him in the past. Clax has learned from his past experience. I was talking about this on WFAN last night, right? This is the clacks that the Nets wanted last year when he was the starting five and we uh, lost to Milwaukee and he was out of shape. He got bullied. You know, this is the guy. He bought in last year uh, in the off season. And uh, when, he blocked, <laughs> when he blocked Embiid last night, you don't see too many guys go up and punch Embiid shit. Like you don't see too many guys go up and meet him at the rim, at the rim. I don't have the video, but I did screenshot the punch. Alex, throw that up. It's like, I, I'll see you up there. These guys, yeet, these guys are, you know, different size guys, like, pause. Like, Embiid is 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 a big dude. Like, weight-wise, he, he might have 40 pounds on Nick Claxton. Um, but Claxton can jump with him, and he's athletic enough to play above the rim with him. And they were going back and forth at each other, right? There were so many T's. I don't even know. Everybody got a T, right? Uh, it started with Jock Vaughn getting a T for crossing the half court line when there was a clear foul that wasn't in the act of shooting. I don't know. Those refs were having a long night, too. But then with Embiid, he was barking at Claxton. And then after the game, he said something along the lines of like, oh, he said something that he should not have said. He said something, and I said to him, say it to my face and he would say it to my face, and that was that. Okay, whatever. Claxton wasn't going to say it to your face because he wasn't trying to get teed up. You did. Um, Now, his evil twin, as he calls Ben Simmons, I don't know why Claxton would refer to Ben Simmons as his evil twin. That's not somebody you want as your twin. (laughs) The thing that bothered me about, about Ben last night, you're going back to Philly where you've dominated. You've scored on those goals. You've scored on that floor. You've, you've been the man there. You've had games where you've put up 20, 30 points. Where is it at? We didn't see him get aggressive. We didn't see him start attacking until half, after halftime. And everybody on Twitter was like, oh, they must've got on his ass at halftime. Why do they have to get on you at halftime? There was a possession where, and all of the Sixers fans were feeding into this. All they wanted to see was Embiid versus Ben because they hadn't seen that. I think last time Ben played, Embiid didn't play. Um, but they, they all were getting louder. Oh, every time it was an Embiid versus Ben situation and Ben, Ben locked up Harden at first. He locked up Embiid a couple times, but there was a a possession where they passed Ben the ball in the paint. and It was just him and Embiid and he didn't go. He didn't go for anything against him. He didn't go to his bag. He didn't try and make a move. He immediately got the ball and kicked it back out to Seth. And I'm like, what are you doing? After the game, Jacques Vaughn said this, he said, Your thoughts become things. You are what you think you are. And I think they did have to tell him, yo, stop looking for your teammates so much and go attack and be aggressive. And he did. Ben Simmons has to be that all the time. though. you like, you're a grown ass man, dog. Why do you have to be reminded? Why do they have to tell you in, in, in the locker room that we need you to score? So he ends up with 12 points, but first half, I don't think he had like, I don't think he had any points in the first half. He had more fouls than he had shot attempts. The shit is corny. Like for me, Watching the game, I'm like, especially in Philly, like you're giving their fans exactly what they want, exactly what like is fueling them and firing them up. Doc Rivers spoke to the fact that he felt like, you know, that was a boxing crowd and, and that the Sixers got too much into the rah-rah and the nonsense and the back and forth. With KD, I feel like they win that game. And with Claxton rising, you know, bringing his level of play up, it, it's impressive. It's just like exactly what we've needed. Uh, we didn't get it last year. I hate Embiid just like everybody else. Troll Embiid. Um, thanks, Jared, for complimenting my Embiid impression. That's not the first time I've done that. Uh, but let's play uh, something that I thought should have been a technical. I thought this should have been a T. The and one by Embiid. And then he does the Degeneration X. Break it down. He does that to the crowd. And doesn't get a technical. I loaded the video up in the notes. If you can get it, I don't know if you're uh, if you're able to play the video. Actually, I can present the video. So I'm like, they're throwing tees for words. And and this year in the NBA, everyone's getting teed up for for literally everything and anything. Um, I think De- Dejounte Murray the other day said he got teed up for telling the ref, "Nice call." I can't load it up. It's an MP4. I don't know why. That's working like this or not now season. Embiid in the lane gets the bounce and one. And one.
1: And one,
0: and one
1: bounce and one. You
0: Joel, there are children watching.
1: What was hilarious to me is the play-by-play announcer didn't know what that was. Um, yeah, you know. he's like,
0: oh, interesting celebration. Uh that's Doris like, Burke
1: did, but she she didn't want um, to. You in. can't
0: say suck it on air. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> either you know
0: or you don't know. If you what? were around for that era of the WWF, then you get it.
1: Yeah, you're ass better call somebody. As far as you know, the Attitude Era of WWE. As somebody who was in high school during the heyday of the Attitude Era, I cannot support a technical foul. For that gesture <laughs> it, it was too you know like that was too ubiquitous no road dog jesse james Gunn. of course triple h Shawn michaels you got legends xbox and people used to do that in the hallway all the time <laughs> you know i got two words for you and uh you know austin 316 shirts nwo shirts were all over the place i got so, in trouble i definitely had to um
0: <laughs> you know stay after school and miss some recess time for throwing up the suck it sign in the hallway
1: Hudson has no idea what we're even talking about God, that- <laughs> <way>
0: before-
2: <laughs> look I'm gonna be honest I'm gonna be honest I'm not I'm not here to make y'all feel old but shit, dog no, I don't care
1: uh, that I feel makes old. Me feel young no Yo, had a- when that came out they had a uh, WWE Rawls 30th anniversary on Monday that made me feel old you know and, and but stone Cold is apparently maybe gonna fight at Wrestlemania we'll we'll, we'll see um' how? Royal Rumble how <laughs> They want at his age. They wanted The Rock because of Roman Reigns and the, the family connection that they have, but apparently The Rock doesn't think he can get in shape in time because yeah, nah. they, want, they want a mega bout kind These of deal. These guys are going to get hurt. The Royal Rumble's on Saturday night, but I like that from Embiid. I like all the stuff that enhances the rivalry. I'm cool with the trash talk. Again, my problem with Embiid is him being a foul merchant. I, it, it's gross and disgusting and fraudulent the way that he's constantly – trying to, to sell for fouls as as talented he is, as he is, as skilled as he is, and as big as he is. Um, like I said, Harden deserves credit for for making the shots down the stretch of the game. But, you know, he, he's he's always gotten flack for that kind of play. But that's what bothers me about the Sixers more so than the rest of it. The rest of it's cool. I want good rivalries. I want teams to hate each other. I want a team that Brooklyn fans can say, that's our big rival, right? And it makes a lot of sense from – the Harden going to Philadelphia standpoint from the Ben going to Brooklyn standpoint, from the geographical standpoint, it makes a lot of sense that Brooklyn and Philadelphia would hate each other. So I'm all in on all that. And I'm sorry. I just cannot support uh, calling for a technical foul when it comes to the DX crotch job. And he didn't
2: get one. He didn't get one. Go ahead, Hudson. Yeah. I mean, maybe we got some, what was it? The WWF? Is that what it was? Was back in the day? (laughs)
1: Yeah, until yeah. the world. Worldwide. It was the federation before yeah. they
2: turned yeah, the, it into the, entertainment, and right, also right. because of the panda, the
0: uh, world. World Wildlife Fund. World Wildlife them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's
1: what happened. Yeah. A,
2: the panda. I'm getting the education. Panda, 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 panda. panda, 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 panda,
1: panda. panda. <laughs> Robin and I are on the
0: same page.
2: I love it. I love. I love. I love having a good rivalry like that. Though I mean, I definitely think it. I, I think it should have been a tech just because of how many weak techs we've seen this year. But I, I love it. I, I want there to be that kind of energy. I would love to face them in a playoff because I think a playoff series because I think that team is fraudulent. I don't think that team really has what it takes to go seven a seven game series with the Nets. I don't think Joel Embiid can keep that shit up for seven games in a row. I think there's a reason we've seen them fade every single year in the playoffs, every year they think, Oh, this is our year. It hasn't been, it hasn't been. And they haven't had the same excuses that teams like the Nets or the Celtics or the other favorites that have lost have, have, have had. So I'm, I'm, I don't really like moral victories and I don't really tend to take them, but knowing that we're going to be able to play that team with, with a healthy Kevin Durant later in the season, knowing that we have Nick Claxon developing into a superstar certainly makes me feel better about this Nets team. And it certainly paints over, uh, the pain of having to watch Ben Simmons play on a nightly basis.
0: Check me out, bro. Like, when I look at the Sixers, I look at them. They're they're a bunch of frauds. They're led by Doc Rivers. <laughs> and Joel Embiid, we already know he's going to have a knee, a foot, something when it comes playoff time. And then James Harden. I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to see them fold. And if the basketball gods line it up where the seedings, it will probably be like a second round type of thing. I would love to see these guys in the playoffs, I have to, I'd have to ride down there. I haven't made any of the trips with the, uh, the block, the the Brooklyn brigade, but I would love to go back to Wells Fargo center to see that. Um, I love to see that KD is live tweeting the game. Um, Let's see. Throw up the flopper, 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 flopper. Throw up the (laughs) flopper screenshot. Eddie Gonzalez posted this last night during the game and it had me cracking up. It has him beat on the floor and they're, they're trying to say Joel Embiid falls down a lot because his doctors told him to yeah. like, is this wrestling right? You got to learn how to fall the right way to be safe. And then, uh, I don't know. This guy is too big to be falling like that. I made a joke about the gravity in Philly. I'm like, wow. Like gravity is whooping their ass in Philadelphia. Um, Go yeah, to and the and, uh, and
1: Harden get their mail delivered to the free throw line. <laughs> that's what they put on the address.
0: Putting those two together on the same team—that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh, okay. I feel bad for whoever's got to officiate these games, and I feel bad for KD watching these games because KD said last night, like he he wished he was trash talking on the floor with these guys. I love seeing him live tweet. We were in our chat, and uh, so here's one. He says trash celebration, Joel and Embiid. And he says, damn, I miss talking shit to Joel and Montrez. Like, those two guys love to talk trash. Uh, KD is on the top level of trash talker as well because he's KD. Um, he also put out there, at this rate, the game will finish by midnight. That's what I'm talking about with the fouls. There were so many fouls, we couldn't go 30 seconds without a call. And uh, KD used hashtag Netsworld. We talked about it in our chat. I'm like, Yeah. This guy is a net. He belongs with Brooklyn. There's no place for him to be traded. There's no other place for him to finish his career. He's in New York. He's got the boardroom, 35 bet ventures. He's a businessman. He belongs here in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, leading this team. And like it's been long enough now that like he isn't, it isn't temporary. Like he isn't looking at the Nets like, oh yeah, like, you know, this is a, a short stop for me. He's looking at the Nets like, no, this is my team. This is my squad and he's live tweeting the game. He wasn't live tweeting when the Nets were losing to the Thunder. Like he was he was in the background uh when the Nets were losing to the Spurs. But in these matchups like this, you know, he, he popped up, he popped up on Twitter, and that's big for Nets Twitter, Nets fans, and the Nets fan base.
1: Yeah, I don't want to oversell it, but it, it felt kind of significant to see that hashtag. And and when you look at this season as a whole, aside from the development of, of Claxton and you know, uh, where this team ultimately finishes and, and whether or not Kyrie gets an extension and, and all these questions that still need to be asked. This is a, a really good team, I think, when it's whole, you know, some tweaks need to be made to improve it a, a little bit, but it's got the core there to be a really good team. And that all starts with Kevin Durant. And and something happened between the trade request, it being resolved, Steve Nash being dismissed, whatever the case may be, where it feels like, he is a net and, and it also, I want to give Kevin Durant credit. He's always been a great player. I mean, there's never been a second of his life where he wasn't a great player and he's played great for the nets and, and he's played great this season. I just feel like I don't, I, I don't know what exactly changed, but the way he's carried himself this season, even when you're, you're transitioning from the off season to this, scene. I mean, I had a public thing with him on Twitter and then I had a private thing with him on Twitter, like a, a string of uh, direct messages back and forth. And it feels like the guy since then has has really come into his own as far as I'm taking ownership for this franchise. I'm taking ownership for myself. I'm taking ownership for how people view me and, and, and how I carry myself on the court and off. And he's been exemplary in that fashion and and to me this has been the best version ever of kevin durant
2: i think it's because he was proven
0: right go ahead hudson yeah
2: he, he was proven right and he's doing what what everybody loved about kevin durant uh when he played uh in okc was that that was his city right he was he was the the guy in oklahoma city he was the guy for the thunder and I think now more than ever in, in, in his career, cause he couldn't really do it in golden state. And, and I think, OKC is too small of a market. He's shown that he is the guy for the biggest market in the world. He is New York city's basketball player. And I think he's taken that whether it's a responsibility, whether that's an honor, what, whatever it is, he's really taken that to heart. And it seems like he has committed himself not only to the team, but to the city. I mean, Not only is he establishing businesses here, not only is he obviously he hasn't left, but it it seems to be that he has he has really absorbed that culture. And if you go all the way back to that great Kevin Durant quote about why he chose to go to Brooklyn, why he why he went to Brooklyn, not only over the Knicks, but over every other team in the NBA NBA was because he said that he wanted to play for a team and in a city where it had that vibe where he could be him. He could play basketball and go home and take it seriously and run the league. And it's, he's showing that he's doing that. And it's every day, even on the games that he doesn't play where it feels more and more like he's becoming, uh, obviously he's an NBA legend, a hall of famer, but a specifically a New York legend and a Nets legend, because that just seems to be the way that things are trending with him. And then with the Nets, he's a King of New York. He's a King in this city. Like, you know, you see him and judge at Drake show at the Apollo,
0: like, they are two faces of sports in New York. And I, I know I'm completely biased because I'm a Nets and a Yankees fan. But, like, those guys, to me, represent the city at, like, a cultural level. And, you know, I think he also likes our fits. I think he likes our jerseys. You know, he likes the ABA jerseys, the Dr. J look, the Basquiat. Like, he wore them damn Basquiat shorts until they came out with the white basquiats He likes our fits. They're way better than the – uh teams in the past that he was with way better than golden state's colors okc's colors seattle sonics colors the orange nets have, and blue the, the nets have every color and yeah he'll never <laughs> put on the orange and blue and the, and the last part of it with katie is like i said he was right he called for steve nash to be fired nash got up out of here um and the team sucked in the beginning of the year under nash and it's like i told y'all and with sean marks he called for sean marks job but we've had episodes where i talked about sean marks hitting on some of his bets now, those bets don't look like they're hitting anymore. You know, the Utah's and the TJ Warrens and Edmund Sumner and, uh, you know, some of these other guys, uh, they they are much better with KD on the floor, but he knows that. And I think that winning streak helped. And now he's looking at Sean Marks again, like, yo, make a trade. Make a couple trades. Make some moves here so that when I come back, we can actually push to the, uh, you know, playoffs and the finals. Now, let's go to... Uh, two weeks to the trade deadline, Alex. Pull up the graphic with uh, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, and Patty Mills. So Nets fans were talking about this uh, the whole week. Uh, it wasn't really breaking news, but it came out everywhere that Brooklyn's looking to trade Seth Curry, Joe Harris, and Patty Mills for upgrades. I think they should keep Seth. I don't know what the hell you do with Joe Harris. Watching Joe Harris last night, I'm like, he he's cooked. Like, he can't show up in this setting? Like, Joe Harris, bro, you were on that team that got gentlemen swept by the Sixers in 2018, 2019. Like, where's your pride, man? Like, where, where are you in this rivalry? Like, you've had great playoff performances. Like, I don't know, he's just not the same guy. Um, I don't know who wants Joe Harris, and Patty Mills doesn't even play. So, like, I'm not sure what Sean Marks is gonna do, what he's gonna cook up. Uh, I heard the rumors about Nas Reed. Um, he's from where I'm from. Literally, he went. He he's an Asbury Park kid. I think he went to a private school. But I would love to see him get to play for the New Jersey Nets. And we'll see. They got a wheeling deal. They got to figure something out. Uh, every night on the radio, someone says to me, "What do you think we should do? Who should we get?" And I always say, "I don't know that answer. I'm not a GM. I don't know if we're gonna get Yakapoto. I don't know if we're gonna get John Collins. I don't know if we're you know. I don't know if that makes sense. But I expect Sean Marks and Marks we trust." to do something here two weeks folks we got two weeks until the trade deadline and this team right now like you saw them go toe-to-toe with the Sixers without KD that should tell you that a like one or two more pieces can put them over the top and then when you look at Ben Simmons and you look at like him and Claxton on the floor like I would like to see another big that we can put on the floor with Clax and not Ben Simmons we'll see what Ben Simmons I understand there are still people defending Ben Simmons as far as like we need him to defend Giannis. We need him to defend Embiid. But we, the Nets don't necessarily need him, but I do believe that he's not going anywhere.
1: Well, I mean, like I said before, who's taking Ben Simmons right now? No. And, and do you want to attach two first-round picks to trade Ben Simmons? I mean, that's probably what you're looking at, or at least at a minimum a first-rounder, probably more at his salary. The reason you keep hearing Joe and Seth is they have the right kind of salaries to make deals happen. I think... The, any deal that the nets make is going to be based on whatever picks they attach to it. Not necessarily the player that goes in, in the deal. So they have Philly's pick next year. Uh, I'm sure they still have, I'd have to look at the hardened trade and see which ones are theirs. And, you know, you, you can't go back to back years in the draft without your own pick. So it, it has to work out that way, but you know, Harris and, and Curry are both shooters. Harris played a couple of good games, but then was terrible last night, like you said, and and just, for the majority of the season has not looked like a, a guy that you can trust. Uh, Curry it, it can create for himself, which is a plus, but he's a little bit undersized um, and, and that can hurt you in, in, in certain lineups. So I, I Sean Marks ha, has not put a full roster together during this incarnation deserves some scrutiny for that. However, if we're going to give Nick Claxton, all this credit, you have to give Sean Marks credit for that. He drafted Nick Claxton. Um, you know, he was the GM that brought in Katie and Kyrie, whatever, you know, got the team to the the point where those guys found found it to be desirable. I I think Nets fans should temper expectations. I I doubt it's going to be any sort of move that wows you. But if you're looking at what the Lakers did with Rui Hachimura Mm -hmm. as sort of the barometer, the Nets can make a move like that. I'm not saying it'll be the same exact type of player, but a player of that caliber is probably – what you're looking at somebody to bolster the rotation. I would actually prefer a wing player um, before a a big just to go against Boston specifically. One of the reasons Boston has given the net so much trouble is because of how big Boston is on the wings. When you can put Marcus smart out there with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Grant Williams, you know, so I, or, or, or a stretch big, those are the two um, spots I would be looking at the most.
2: Yeah. And at the end of the day, right, we've hitched our wagon to Sean Marks. We, this is, you know, we've hitched our wagon to the this iteration or this incarnation of what the Nets are, right? And so there's a lot of people who are on Twitter, especially, and I know you shouldn't really take much from from Twitter, saying that, you know, we don't trust Sean Marks anymore. He botched this whole situation. He's got two two weeks and he's GMing. I don't know what the actual managing, I don't know what the uh, the verb would be there for his legacy, right? This is his his career's legacy. This is his career's work he's forever going to be known as the guy who brought Katie and Kyrie executed this clean sweep and brought them to Brooklyn and did either something or nothing with them. I agree with Robin and and I also agree with Keith. I I, I like Robin. I like the positions you pointed out. I like the needs you pointed out, Keith. I also agree that quite frankly, I don't think as, as fans and uh, Robin and Keith as well, you're both more plugged in than I am to, you know, the, the day in day out grind of uh, being involved in sports. But at the end of the day, I have to put faith in our guy, in Sean Marks, and I think that he's going to get it done. At this point, there, there, I think that he is dealing with punches, and he was fighting back from a place where he was kind of behind the eight ball this summer with the Kevin Durant trade request. That kind of made the Nets, I wouldn't say some sort of a pariah in in like trade spaces, but it certainly made them an unknown quantity, uh, particularly after the Rudy Gobert trade, right? So with With that in mind, I think he has reached a point where he can now play on the front foot. And we're going to see a bunch of trade rumors for the Nets over the two of these next two weeks. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to whether the Nets can get, like Robin said, that one additional piece. It's not going to be a Bradley Beal or a Drew Holiday or or certainly not a James Harden like we've seen in the past. Those aren't going to be the level of rumors. It's going to be a classic Sean Marks signing, a classic Sean Marks trade. It's going to be that person that can... Contribute on the margins that can make this team go from great a lot of the time to great all the time, and I think he gets it done because at this point, what's the point in not having some sort of a level of faith in the guy that's brought us this far?
0: Yeah, Alex, our producer pointed out in the chat that we used one of our Philly picks for Royce. I don't know if if Robin might have said we had that pick. I don't. Well, I, don't I think
2: know. I think they still
1: have Philly's pick next year. They got two picks back in the hard He's one of them. One for- of them. Yeah.
0: For Royce. Okay, keeping this moving before we get to an hour. Uh, Kyrie's extension. Everybody was talking about that and we've been talking about that. And honestly, yo, I don't want to fight any Nets fans on this. I get it. I love Kyrie as a ball player too. I want him to be on the team moving forward. But you cannot deny the nonsense that comes along with Kyrie and what he has done to hurt the team on top of what he's done to help the team. So it's business, folks. Right? Like, I, I saw somebody in one of the comments like, oh, you guys are saying that Kyrie shouldn't get his extension. It's not for us to say. It's not our money. It's on Joe's side. What do you guys think? So let's pull up the, um, excuse me, let's pull up the screenshot from Hoops Hype about Kyrie's extension. Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving is seeking a contract extension, according to his agent. His, a- his agent is his stepmother. Um, around Kyrie staying with the Nets. I have reached out to the Nets regarding this. His agent, Shatila Irving, told Bleach Report, we have had no significant conversations to date. The desire to make Brooklyn home is the right type of extension, which means the ball is in the Nets court to communicate now if their desire is the same. I will say this. There's a reason he didn't get extended when he could have gotten extended. And there's a reason that the Nets aren't talking about it right now. You know why? Because they want to see what happens. It is January. You still have February, March, April and if we're lucky, May and the beginning of June to see what happens with Kyrie on and off the court before you attach four years and two hundred million dollars to the guy. And I understand that it's not as simple as fans want to make it. It's not your money. It's not your business. And it's a ton of money to attach to a guy that has brought a lot of negative energy and attention to your franchise,
1: not to mention not been available a lot. You know, uh, so th- that's on another- top
0: of the of the lack of availability at times. Yes,
1: and, and so Kyrie's—I mean, clearly a max player on ability. Clearly, uh, no no one would ever argue that. And, and I think we're past the point of them attempting to trade him. Right, we're we're past that point, which would be prudent in the sense of if you're not re-signing him just because of losing him for nothing. But it, it seems Kyrie wants to be here, which is good. Um, and, and I think it's more likely. Then not, he gets extended due to, we know, that Kevin Durant's a big fan of, of his and his level of play. But it's also completely reasonable to want to see how it plays out first. The, the Nets are an all-in team for this year. This is, this is the year you push your chips to the table, you make the trades that you can make, and you go for it this year, and then you go from there. And, and, and I, I think it's only fair, and, and anybody who's objective about it w- would say the same, to Kyrie, have Kyrie prove that he he is worth that and that commitment because it's only been a little bit of time since the, the last time. And who knows when it's going to be the next time because the, the pattern says there's going to be a next time. If he can get through the rest of this season, playing the way he's playing now, without a next time, I, I think we're going to see him next year.
2: If Kyrie can prove it, then he proves it. But it's hard not to think, especially if you're Joe Sain, it's your money or the organization's money. I'm actually not quite sure how the organization is, is funded. But if that's your money going into Kyrie or some other potential equally max contract player, I feel for the position he's in because it's hard not to look around the league and see a bunch of young stars getting paid that or will be getting paid equally or less money. That don't bring the potential lack of games and there would not be a discussion around this. There wouldn't be any ridicule of that point that we have all made. If Kyrie was out with injury, if Kyrie had popped his MCL a couple of times, or had a stress fracture or whatever and missed an equal amount of games, then you would have and no one would have a problem with it the exact same concerns whether he's there or not because of his choice or because he gets injured and he's injury prone doesn't matter. He has missed a lot of games for the Nets and the Nets have invested a lot of money into a player that has missed a lot of games. And so at the end of the day, the NBA is uh, what have you done for me lately league? And if Kyrie goes and if Kyrie brings the Nets to the conference finals or NBA championship or what have you, then I, I totally understand him coming back and I totally see him coming back. But at the end of the day, he has to prove not that he's a great player, but that he is a great player and he is a great player consistently. And that consistency is included in the fact that he frankly misses a lot of games for one reason or another.
0: Right. It isn't as simple as shooting threes, handling the ball, finishing at the rim. There's a lot more to Kyrie than uh, his basketball skills. And we all know that uh, shout out to SB in the chat. He made a great point because a lot of people like to attach Katie and Kyrie together, right? Like, Oh, if, if you don't resign Kyrie, KD's going to be mad. SB says uh June 28th Kyrie opted in, June 30th KD requested a trade to get out. <laughs> like Yeah, the narrative
2: was that he was trying to leave Kyrie for like a couple weeks there.
0: Yeah, so it's like we don't really know any of that, bro. And and these at the end of the day, these guys are businessmen. And these guys are also friends off the court no matter where they go or whatever. And sometimes friendships end. Like I was joking last night, Claxton and Harden aren't besties anymore. You know, they were when they were together on the same team. But now that they're not with each other every day, they're not friends like that anymore. But, like, you know, I know Harden and Kyrie have a relationship, and same with Harden and KD from Team USA. And just being hoopers, bro, there's a small fraternity. There's a small brotherhood in the NBA. Now, uh, wrapping things up tonight, the Nets host the Pistons in Brooklyn. Shout out to you if you're going to the game. The status report is out there. Uh, Royce O'Neal is probable— with uh, left hip soreness, Seth Curry, he did a lot of work last night. There we go, Seth Curry. Right knee soreness, he's questionable. It's the second half of a back-to-back, I understand. Obviously, KD is out, and Dayron Sharp out, non-factor. Uh, and it's Chinese New Year, the year of the rabbit. And Ben Simmons is who they chose to be the model for the clothing that you can get at Barclays Center tonight, some special gear that they have uh, around the Chinese New Year, and uh, I think it's good. I, I I like any type of cultural things, any type of uh, things that they can add. The NBA is good at that about like highlighting, um, you know, diversity and you know giving people their nights and stuff like that. So shout out to you if you're making it to Brooklyn for the game. We will end reading. Two reviews, no voicemails. Call the voicemail. It's 929-500-103 if you want to be on the next episode. Obviously, we've been doing shorter episodes and then maybe like once or twice a week doing these longer episodes, but y'all hurt me when I asked for the reviews. And if you're listening to this podcast on Apple right now, go write us a review. Pause the pod. Doot-doot. Go write the review. Come back and finish the pod. There's only going to be a minute or two left. So shout out to A-Stab. Uh, 11, 13 Five stars Best Nets pod I had the amazing opportunity To be on the pod last year Thanks to Keith I'm thrilled it's back And better than ever Robin brings a fresh vibe To the show And it's interesting to hear All the different viewpoints From these three My weekly Nets entertainment Nothing better Keep the positivity going guys We appreciate you And then there's another one From our guy Bird's Eye View Who I feel like is A day one OG And he wrote Almost three paragraphs, bear with me. The Best Nets Pod, five stars. This is by far the best Nets podcast out there. My favorite podcast in general. Keith, Robin, and Hudson all bring something to the table when they're talking Nets. Keith is a fanalist turned analyst, brings his New Jersey roots to the pod, and brings a beautiful amount of optimism and charisma while spitting facts. Robin, newer to the pod, but has been the perfect addition. Robin brings his professional experience and stylistic approach to the pod where he's consistent, authentic when discussing his team, no matter if it's good or bad. He keeps it real. Hudson, Hudson brings the youthful energy of the new age Nets fans, and I believe he has a bright future in the media if he so chooses. The kid knows his ball and should be out there playing center for the Brooklyn Nets because Hudson's like (laughs) 6'5". I love listening to this pod on the commute to work, in the car, or at lunch. When I'm just chilling at home, truly the best Nets content out there. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn. Shout out to Joel. Bird's eye view. Been rocking with us since we were doing like, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 uh, first episodes. So that's all we've got, folks. Leave a review. Call the voicemail. Obviously, we got a game tonight. And then we got the Knicks game on Saturday. We'll probably come together and do a pod uh, Monday before LeBron and the Lakers come to town. I hope LeBron plays, and uh, obviously he's chasing the all-time scoring record, and that should be a packed house in Brooklyn. Uh, anything else you guys got before we wrap this thing
2: up? Uh, yeah, I wanted to say uh, thank you to Cleveland's Destin. I think I don't think I've seen this before, but we actually got like a, a super comment, uh, a comment with a donation attached to it. Um, Clevens Destin says, I would love to see Porzingis and Kuzma in a Nets jersey.
0: Oh, shout out to so, Yeah, 499. Thank, thank getting you to, money. We get money now. <laughs> I
2: mean <laughs> that's that's amazing because you could have bought you could have bought a sandwich. You could have bought yeah, you done plenty anything of things. With that you problem. can't but buy you a,
1: can't buy a sandwich with that no let more. Let me hold five cats. Maybe not in Jersey, Robin. I don't know. I live
2: I got a bodega right around the corner. I get yeah. like two bacon, egg, and cheese for that much. Right. Yeah, you can get a you can get a chopped cheese on a roll for five. If you get, right. if you get it on the hero
0: is six. something like that all right that's all we got appreciate y'all let's go Nets let's go Nets Brooklyn